will give the people of Earth an ideal to strive towards. They will race behind you. They will stumble. They will fall. But in time, they will join you in the sun gap. In time, you will help them accomplish wonders. Yeah, so noticing like the red, how that stands out from like the red rocks in the background, um, with, like like it's a pink sea. Yeah, it's like it's like, like, like kind of like a like a purple kind of. It's not it's like not magenta. It's not the the, the twin suns from that's No, definitely not. I, I do like that they that they uh, with uh, Lara and, and Jarrell, they have their Kryptonian form wear on and it's red and yellow. Hi, I'm Super Scott. I'm just a and you're listening to. The Saturday Morning Superman Show. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings in a single bound. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman Podcast. Superman was created by Jerome Siegel and Joe Schuster. Hi, I'm Stephen Biscotti. And I'm Justin Candelario. And you're listening to the Saturday, Saturday Morning, Morning Superman, Superman Show. Show. Alright, I, li- I quite like that. I think that's good. I do too. I think, yeah, that was actually good too. I almost missed the mark too. <laughs> I almost missed it, but I was just like, let's go! Let's go! It wasn't quite there, but I think it's serviceable enough that we can continue with this episode. I I mean, whatever we talk about, that's what the people are here for. <laughs> and, that's what the people are here for. And don't forget, the reason you're here is because the Saturday Morning Superman Show is your podcast about Superman in animation across generations. All of them. <laughs> All of them. So welcome back, everyone. <laughs> so welcome back, everyone, to the Saturday Morning Superman Show. Uh, Justin, I'm so glad to be recording this episode with you because this is something that we've been discussing since uh, back in March, uh, and also mm-hmm. more so. Uh, what I want to say uh, to both you, Justin, and to our wonderful audience of listeners is that we proudly have now aired every episode that we've ever recorded. In summer of 2019, season one is currently streaming. Season two is currently streaming in full. So if you go to Podbean, CastBox, Stitcher, Spotify, you'll be able to find all of the episodes from season one and season two, which cover Superman, the animated series season one, and the Max Fleischer and Dave Fleischer Superman theatrical shorts, which also ultimately transitioned to Famous Studios when they took over. Uh, for the remaining like seven episodes and everything that we did that summer 2019 when we first started this show is now currently uh it's currently aired it's there for you to listen to and re-listen to so right now uh starting with this uh special episode and everything going forward uh will be more or less in 
real time. I think when we get to kind of like recording season three, it'll be again where like we're recording it. And by the time you listen to it, there'll be some difference of time. But it's very exciting to be recording this because in certain respects, Justin uh, and to the Mm -hmm. audience, this actually marks the beginning of season three. Yeah, in which I'm actually still watching uh, the animated series season two. Uh, super, the Superman animated series season two, which I'm fairly enjoying because I never get because usually when uh we would prepare for these episodes, we would me and Steven, I would go over to his house, we would watch them together, you know, have some fun, have a few uh few, few laughs, you know, do write down our notes, and then we go right upstairs to his room to uh to get recording. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, but uh, but now it's like it's like I'm just in I'm just quiet watching these episodes now. I'm just like. We're Steven. <laughs> like, we're Steven. Well, well, that's really, really sweet, Justin. I, I have to say that I, I've said it before on the podcast, and I'll say it again today, that really some of the fondest memories that I have, uh, and just gen- in general, but really specifically for summer 2019, uh, was all the time that you and I spent together. Uh, we spent so much time together uh, every week uh, watching Superman, the animated series, and spending so much time between watching it, taking notes, and then recording, and it really meant a lot to me because, you know, I had the idea for the Superman show um, in May 2019, which uh, we're coming up upon, shoot, like two years? We're coming up upon mm-hmm. the two-year anniversary of just the inception of the idea, and then next month, uh, June 2021, will be the two-year anniversary of when we launched the Instagram page and when we first started recording, actually. And it was so special just to be with someone who's a good friend of mine uh, and just talking about something that we both really enjoy and really love. And I know it's been different as we've recorded these last few episodes, uh, specifically regarding the CW, Superman, and Lois. Uh, but to be doing this episode is is something that I'm excited about. And hopefully, um, as we progress through season three, uh, we'll be able to record in person. Um, I don't want to get political or or anything like that, but uh, I did get the vaccination, uh, so I'm fully vaccinated, and uh, and I think uh, you and I should be good to go very soon. I hope so because um, I'm getting my second shot this Saturday, so uh, we'll see how everything goes. Um, so but potentially, yeah, like, yeah, I mean, like if you're getting it this Saturday, maybe by June. We'll be able to uh, get together, celebrate the two-year mm-hmm. anniversary, record like a special episode in person, maybe do a live together on Instagram Hopefully. at Saturday Morning Superman Show, and and maybe do a few episodes of the show. I bring my toys. Yes, please. <laughs> so everybody, today's episode of the Saturday Morning Superman Show is about probably the biggest event Uh, that has happened uh, in recent memory, especially probably the biggest event film that's going to happen at all this year. And that was... Just bigger than anything in history. Completely. In the Olympics. Completely. Than anything. Uh, And that is Zack Snyder's Justice League. The long-awaited Snyder Cut finally premiered and debuted on HBO Max. Uh, This was almost a thing of mythic proportions as Warner Brothers continually denied its existence over the years. Uh, But thanks to a wonderful movement, uh, the cast and crew, it finally became a reality. And the film's been out on uh, HBO Max since March. 
uh, it, there's two versions of it. The the uh, regular version uh, in color, and then Justice is gray, uh, which is the mm-hmm. version which originally existed on Zack Snyder's laptop. So if there's any version in which you're going to watch and you want the most authentic experience, it's going to be Justice is gray. Um, but I can't yep. wait to talk about this because this is a movie that means so much to me personally. It's just uh, a Superman fan, a film fan, a Zack Snyder fan, and I'm excited that we're finally doing this episode. Yeah. Uh, after watching this film, it has easily become the top 10 comic book movies of all time for me. Just because not only because not only was it well-constructed, well-made, and of course it's Zack Snyder's original vision for the movie, but it's just, it's just impactful for just how, um, what just comic book movies should just be, you know, just in general. And then how the characters represent on the screen, including, uh, I think one of our favorites, of course, is, uh, the Man of Steel. Superman is represented perfectly on screen in this film, just like how we believed he was in Man of Steel. Very much so. And I think the fulfillment of Superman's arc from Man of Steel to Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice, to now Zack Snyder's Justice League is very Mm -hmm. rewarding to fans that have been on this journey since 2013. Yeah, just like as you said, um, I think in one of our earlier episodes, that uh, Man of Steel, of course, is the first Superman movie in the DCEU. Dawn of Justice uh basically is man still two the like the one that we never got in a way and then this is technically you know man still three because at this point we're not really going to get a official man still two but uh between dawn of justice and this this is what we're going to get and we have to uh we have to take every little bit of it <laughs> justin i think this is the point in the podcast where you have to insert the audio clip of henry cavillus superman screaming at the end of Man of Steel, because that's basically how I feel any time the prospect of Man of Steel and the likelihood of it not happening uh, comes up in conversation. Uh, there were a few episodes back where I did this uh, reaction episode of the Saturday Morning Superman show, in which I was basically responding to Ann Sarnoff's response that Zack Snyder's Justice League uh, fulfills his vision, his trilogy, and that there are no plans to restore the Snyderverse or to delve back into the world or the depiction of the characters that he's created outside of the Flash and Aquaman 2. Um, And it's something that really, you know, I've said it so many times on the show before. And again, with a lot of things, I'll be saying it again. It's just that, like, imagine X-Men 1 came out in 2000 And it did as well as it did, but then 20th Century Fox had no idea what to do next. And then you would ultimately be deprived of two X-Men movies, The Wolverine and Logan, and Hugh Jackman and his legacy of Logan Wolverine just would not be what it is today because it was so underused and and, and just just so grossly uh, mishandled. And then you look at, like, you know, imagine Batman Begins came out in 05, and Warner Brothers had no idea how to follow up Christopher Nolan's reinvention of Batman. And then you don't get the Dark Knight, you don't get the Dark Knight Rises, and then the ultimate legacy of what the Dark Knight trilogy means to not only Batman fans, DC Comics fans, and cinema in general 
you'd be deprived of that. And so I can't help but continually think about how they had the perfect guy, Henry Cavill, the perfect guy to play Superman because of their gross mishandling of the series and their need to just play catch up with Marvel. They just just jumble the whole thing to the point where, yeah, you have Man of Steel, you have Batman v Superman, you have Zack Snyder's Justice League, but the Man of Steel 2 or any potential solo Superman movie that could have existed either on screen or hopefully still fingers crossed HBO Max probably isn't going to happen. And it sucks because Henry Cavill deserved to have that greater legacy. Up until Zack Snyder's Justice League, Henry Cavill's legacy would be that they CGI'd his fucking mustache in that bullshit movie that sucked. And, like, Justice League, and everybody would remember, like, oh, yeah, the movie sucked, and also Superman sucked in it because they messed up Henry Cavill's face, which is something that you would never imagine could be done. But, you know what, guess what? They fucking did it. And that's right. This is going to have to have an explicit... Yeah, and this is going to have to have an explicit warning on this episode yet again because thank you, Justin, for bringing this shit up because this gets me so fucking mad when I think about it that I just can't help but get angry over the fact that we could have had it all. We could have had it all. And the Stephen Biscotti that was so naive to think that in summer 2013, he's leaving the theater so fired up about the the aspect and the prospect that we would be getting another continuation of the story with Henry Cavill fully as Clark Kent from start to finish and Superman, and you get Batman versus Superman, a movie that I love, a movie that I love more and more with each viewing, especially the Ultimate Edition, as that is the only version, and then fans just reacted badly to it, and then you end up having The Rest is History, you have Justice League, which I don't consider a valid movie and I don't even recognize anymore, to that you have Zack Snyder's Justice League, but because Warner Brothers made so many mistakes along the way that you're not going to ever get that Man of Steel 2. Fuck them. Ladies and gentlemen, the, the Saturday Morning Superman show is now rated R for language and Steven's explosions. And it's, be aware. And, it's, and it should be rated R because you know what? Batman v Superman was rated R and Zack Snyder's Justice League yeah, was we, rated R. We just, we just turned into uh, Batfleck. Her, uh, warehouse scene and the ending <laughs> Wait, of no, this film. That's not, you're right, right, and 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 Mark my <laughs> this, this is the Snyder cut of the Saturday morning Superman show. It is, it is. It's it, without uh, a CGI mustache. I currently have a mustache right now, so we record Wait, this. We should actually. What are you, talking about? you know what? I'm CGI'd right now. What are you so about? Uh, you know what? We should take a picture of ourselves, a selfie after we're done doing this episode, oh, and then do heavy filters to remove any facial hair and say this is how we could have looked By during this episode. Or <laughs> I just shaved today. All right, well, it's gonna be no point. So you know what? I'll I'll take the selfie then. I'll take one for the yeah. team. If, if you if you had told me this beforehand, then yeah, I would not have shaved. But I was like, oh no, I got some scruff. It's kind of itchy. Let me shave. Yeah, but it it does get me fired up because the thing is, you know, I I know you and I both love what Zack Snyder created in in 2013's Man of Steel. Um, yes, it deserved to be a companion to the Dark Knight trilogy. I remember mm-hmm. when Man of Steel was first announced, and when we got that first teaser trailer that played with uh, Prince of the Dark Knight Rises in July 2012. I remember thinking, "This is really cool," because Christopher Nolan, 
you know, produced, wrote, and directed the Dark Knight trilogy, and now he's producing the Man of Steel trilogy, and it feels fitting that following the completion of the three Batman movies, we would now be getting Superman on the big screen. And it could have happened, but, you know, for a multitude of reasons, it just didn't. But I'm grateful Mm -hmm. that we have three really wonderful Henry Cavill outings. Um, I look at Zack Snyder's Justice League a little bit like The Matrix Revolutions, which is a trilogy that I've actually spent a lot of time with uh, this past year as I've been getting excited for four. Uh, But that's a, a podcast for a later date. Uh, but yeah, Justin, let's take it away. How about we, you know, we've been speaking now for what, like 15 minutes. So how about we, we jump right into Zack Snyder's justice league. Right. Let's jump on it. So you take it away. I, you know, I know you've actually seen it more than me. Uh, I've seen Zack Snyder's times now, I think. Oh, wow. Has it been eight times? I don't remember. So if you remember, uh, how many times would you say you've seen both versions in regards to Zack Snyder's Justice the League and, and Justice? Yeah, that's correct. So I've seen the regular version uh, at least more than five times. Okay. And the gray I've only seen once. But I will tell you this: there is something very special about Justice's Gray, especially when you see scenes like with the, uh, like with the like a like a the night scenes, like like uh, for example when you see the scene where uh, Diana's going into like to look at the the carvings and the uh the the pictures of dark side there's something about just the picture quality and then the lighting that works very well with it in black and white you know it's kind of got that uh almost like noir aspect to it but it's just something i I know i know why now uh snyder wanted it in black and white it's just got like a different feel it almost feels like you know a classic like you no, know, like because you know one of the only comic books that are not in color is The Walking Dead, and it stands out to be different when it's in black and white. It has a much different feel. You know, it's darker, it's grittier, and it this almost feels like you know like what if we just took DC Comics and just washed out all that color, and it's just straight in black and white, and all the shadows they just highlight all that artwork that goes into it, right? So that's what the Justice's Gray version feels like to me. I don't know if that's what he was striving for. But that's kind of like what he feels. That's what that's what it feels like to me. And then just the the, the regular main version of it, of course, is um, I could just automatically see this. In, like you know, of course, we had the four by three aspect ratio that he envi- envisioned. I could totally see this being an IMAX only film, the way he intended it to, to get the entire picture on the screen. And the fact that it being four hours long for me. I love the fact that it's four hours long and I do feel at times it should be longer because this is a story that he envisioned it to be this long to flesh out all the characters because we didn't get, you know, let, you know, the, the other Justice League members movies before this. He wanted a nice fleshed out long story in multiple different chapters, uh, climb, uh, to finish off what he started, you know? And for me, while I absolutely love it, for me, it's, just about a 10 out of 10 but there's just a few little aspects of course that i always gotta like nitpick just a little bit but nothing's ever perfect you know man of steel is not perfect but to me and steven it's perfect uh dawn of justice is not perfect me and steven it's just about almost perfect especially me now because i've actually rewatched dawn of justice at least eight times before watching uh snyder cut because i have a different view on that film now and then 
Yeah, def. I mean, I think I'm like more Zack Snydered out like more than ever because before Snyder Cut, I was watching everything DC Snyder Cut multiple times from Watchmen, Man of Steel to now to understand what kind of director he really is. And it all came out in Man of Steel. That's where it started. And you could tell his love for DC and the comics. And this film, it truly shows it. It truly shows it. Yeah, I, I, I could not agree more. I feel like there are there is that school of thought where there are people that feel like Zack Snyder is grossly out of touch with the DC Comics characters and that they don't like or appreciate what he's doing with the characters but then i feel like there is that school of thought where it's that he does get them even better than you think and the contextualization of the characters as uh, mythological figures and that deconstructing them on a mythological scale is something that's a wonderful counterpoint to the way marvel handles their characters and i feel like a big sentiment that came out of Zack Snyder's Justice League was that it felt like this big Arthurian Arthurian legend in the spirit of John Borman's Excalibur, which happens to be one of Zack Snyder's favorite movies, which if you go right to Batman versus Superman Dawn of Justice, you'll see a lot of how Excalibur influenced that and then ultimately led into this grand epic that Zack Snyder's Justice League is. But when you look at scenes like and I'll call it At the Speed of Force because that's the name of the track for the Tom Holkenborg track. And you look at that and it's like, he gets it. And he's giving you something along with Cyborg's whole story that it gets to the heart of the matter better than anything's been done before. So I will share that uh, as we're recording this, it was about two weeks ago uh, that... And I'm not going to really get into this, but so I was inspired to go back and rewatch the Captain America movies. So I did the first Avenger, the Winter Soldier and Civil War. And I, you know, I love the first Avenger very much. Uh, I think the Winter Soldier is potentially the best of the MCU. I I love that movie very much. And uh, yeah, it is. And uh, Civil War, I had only seen twice. I saw it once with my friends, once with my mom and dad, and then I never saw it again. And, uh, so I rewatched it and my views on it have changed. I enjoyed it more, uh, but fundamentally, and I guess politically, I still have the same feelings in regards to it, but they were so different than what Zack Snyder's vision of DC is. And when you get to something like Infinity War or Endgame, you have it where it works, and it works on a very grand stage, and it's very epic. But what Zack Snyder did with Justice League was just something so completely different. And you're talking about the stakes being roughly the same, where you're dealing with a worldwide invasion and a group that has to uh, stop it. And and again, Darkseid and Thanos can very well be thrown together where they're villains of the same scale and you just come out of Zack Snyder's Justice League feeling like, well, you know, there are movies and there are films and Zack Snyder's Justice League was a film 
despite it having characters like Aquaman, The Flash, Wonder Woman, Cyborg, Batman, and Superman. I loved it very much. I've seen it twice. I've uh, watched elements of Justice is Grey. I have not seen it in full yet. I would love to watch it in full soon. And I've rewatched Superman scenes uh, many, many times. And I very much love the movie. Yeah, definitely. Like, this is truly a film. When watching it from start to finish, that very first night, uh, the, fir- the first day that it came out, I remember I had gotten home from work and I was just like, Mom, let's start, let's start Justice League. And she's like, but it's four hours long. Like, we're going to start it. So we started it. She fell asleep. She ran off to her room. And then... I sat there watching it till 2 a.m. in the morning, finishing it off because I don't get home till like around 10 o'clock around there because um, I work retail. So I, I stayed up till 2, 2 a.m. watching it. I didn't take any breaks. I was hooked and grasped from start to finish because this is more than just a comic book film. This took me back to, even though it's not the Dark Knight, you know, scale of filmmaking but it's on a different level of that type of filmmaking you know dark knight is if it's it's still a comic book film but it feels more like a it feels more like a piece of cinema than comic book if you know what i mean because uh christopher nolan the way he his take on batman in the three in the three films it's totally different than anybody does with any like a uh, comic book film or any Batman film in the past. And then with Zack Snyder's take on you know Ju- Justice League was you know kind of like that mix between you know that scale of like Infinity War Endgame with the uh, cinematic filmmaking of you know like the Dark Knight, but it makes it feels like a comic come to life. You know, almost like like an actual like like. Like we just like let's say we just read the Justice League comic of like modern day or something like that. This it feels like that just thrown onto the big screen, mixed you know changed up a little bit to make it into a piece of cinema, right? And I think he did it perfect, even though there are still stuff like I said before that I would change, but overall, it's what we needed. Is what we needed not only for comic book films. Not only f- for this uh, the Snyder Cut movement or the Snyderverse movement, and just for fans alone, you know, it's just this is something that was needed, not only to um, make up for what happened in the past with Justice League, that disaster <laughs> of a film in 2017, <laughs> but also to just show, hey, DC can make you know things you know comparable to. You know, because people would be like, oh, Marvel's better than DC. I'm like, you know what? Shut up. Just shut up. Yeah. And just be a fan of both. It's you know, I can right. be, be a fan of, like, for example, I have a, I had a, an old manager who, who had a, I'm not going to say his name, but he, every single time I would talk to him about DC, he'd just be like, DC sucks. And I'd just be like, well, you suck. <laughs> and then, and I would just have to like defend DC, of course, because I was like the only D, I was actually the only DC fan. Oh, no. There was actually two two of us in our store um, that were actually DC fans. Everybody was like pro Marvel, like Marvel's better. I'm like that's because you guys, you know, watched the MCU and grew up on the MCU. 
I grew up on both, so I'm not biased. Mm-hmm. And it's good not to be biased because if, you know, those MCU, uh, I'm just going to call them casual fans, would watch, you know, sit down and watch something like Man of Steel and something like, you know, this, like if they could get through this, you know, Justice League center cut. They would appreciate the filmmaking. They would appreciate the work that goes into these. And hopefully they could see them in a new, you know, light and how different, you know, DC approaches its characters, let alone, you know, the directors they get for it, the directors they get for the films and or the writers they get for the films and the comics too, that they approach their characters differently. Um, and what makes them stand out, you know, it's a more darker universe, but they do have their light, more lighthearted characters like Flash, uh, Shazam, uh, Green Lantern, but it's more darker than any other universe you will find out there in terms of superhero comics. I mean, of course, there are ones like Invincible that, you know, are really dark, and then The Boys as well. But well, I guess I guess the big two, you know, Marvel or DC, it stands out as, you know, this universe filled... It's, it's one of the ones that started it all, you know, of course, because Superman was the first one that started everything, you know, back in 39, for like, like almost like... like and then, like, like all like the superhero comics, and it still stays till this day as like being one of the top ones. Of course, like this DC is just always gonna be there. It, it will it will falter. They they will falter. I mean, everybody has bad bad movies or bad you know shows. I mean, Marvel's had its bad movies or shows, and uh, comics too. But I mean, you gotta just find that light in it, you know. I, yeah, again, I agree. I grew up as a big comic book fan. Uh, it's one of the things that we've spoken about, um, you know, quite heavily back in summer 2019 was the fact that Royal Collectibles in, was my local comic book shop in Forest Hills, Queens, New York. And that was the one that I grew up uh, going to. My grandfather was the one that first took me uh, to the shop when it was still uh, on the same street, but like around the corner. And I remember seeing all the characters together. So, you know, whether it was Batman or Spider-Man or the Hulk or, you know, the Flash or Iron Man or, or, you know, Spawn or any of these characters, they all existed together in my imagination. And so there was never that kind of element where it was like DC or Marvel. And when you had DC versus Marvel, it was cool because you were seeing, or when you had like one shots with like Batman and Spider-Man, or when you had Superman versus Spider-Man, or you had, you know, any of those crossovers, it was always so fun because you were just seeing your favorite characters exist in the same universe together. And at the end of the day, in all of our imaginations, these characters exist in them together. They coexist. So this rhetoric or this toxicity where it's like, oh no, you could only like one or the other. It's like, yeah, but if you go into a comic book shop, they're all on the same shelf. So what are you talking about? And like, they all exist in the movie. So like, why can't you go see Batman v Superman and then a month later go see Civil War? Or why can't, you know, you like both? And I feel like, it's that toxicity that's been birthed out of the success of the MCU, which led to Warner Brothers having so much trouble creating uh, a DC cinematic universe, a DC extended universe. And I feel like in a lot of ways they did want to compete. And I get as a studio you'd want to, but just from a, a, a creative standpoint or just 
I guess a logistical standpoint, I, I just will never understand why they had to do it. But granted, I really loved everything that they were doing from the Dark Knight trilogy to Man of Steel to Dawn of Justice. Very much so. And there are Marvel movies that I've really liked. And there are Marvel movies that I am not really the biggest fan of. And um, but I like them both. And, you know, just earlier today, one of the things that I was talking about on my personal Instagram account was that I'm really excited for the Marvels. You know, I love Brie Larson. I love Captain Marvel. And I can't wait for the follow up to her first film from 2019. But with that all being said, everything that Zack Snyder did in service to DC was honoring their legacy and the standing, the grand tradition of that storytelling. Superman started in 1938. He was the first American superhero. He's the grandfather of them all. And from him, you get Batman, you get Wonder Woman, you get The Flash. And then later down the line, you get Marvel, where they're doing Spider-Man and Iron Man and Captain America and all these characters. And in a lot of ways, Marvel did very much borrow or, or reflect what DC was doing. And then they did it in their own kind of way. And it's like... Like right now, I have like three graphic novels on the coffee table. I have two Captain America volumes and and a, a Morbius volume. I also have a Ms. Marvel volume too. And then on top of that, I have my Superman Red and Blue issue one and two. And I'm reading them all. And I'm enjoying them all. But Zack Snyder's Justice League was really just tremendously done. You had made mention earlier that you feel like it was the it just came at the right time, and I I could not agree more. I think at any time would have been justice to the legacy of Autumn Snyder. I think that that was needed for Zack Snyder to ultimately complete this movie for his daughter and in memory of his daughter. But also, I feel like also to the fans that have been with this since arguably 2011 when Henry Cavill was first cast it you needed the completion of it it would have been like having civil war infinity war and then never getting endgame you know it 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 was justice to see the completion of the story and i'm glad that it happened but even more so the fact that it happened in march 2021 where we're all collectively as a world still dealing with uh the pandemic and and we're still in various forms of isolation and some people are in certain places that are different than other people i feel like the inspiration in that seeing this movie come to life and that you just can't give up you have to keep on working for it and you just you have to have hope the movie's in the body the, the movie really is the embodiment of hope and optimism you know, that people didn't give up in the belief that it would happen. And it did. And I'm glad that it happened when it did. Yeah, definitely. Especially with it coming out on HBO Max, because I'm pretty sure not many people would have went to go see this in the uh, the theater, especially a lot of the more uh, casual audience as well. You know, this is a movie made by Zack Snyder, who is a fan he didn't get paid at all for this, mind you that. Just remember that. He didn't get paid at all doing this. Uh, he had a budget to work with to finish it. And he, this is a movie that was brought by the fans for the fans to be finished for the fans who believed in his vision. All all those years of supporting Snyder, 
and now it has paid off for him to complete his vision and the fans want more that's the biggest thing too to take away from everything too the fans want more because they were uh even me like we were all hoping that from the success of the Snyder Cut on HBO Max would bring the completion entirely of the Snyderverse uh, because I believe Zack Snyder said there was two more uh, Justice League films that two and three he yeah had vision yeah two and three he had visioned out and the fans want to see it and now it's there was now instead of uh, uh, Zack Snyder's uh, Justice League or the Snyder Cut hashtag the Snyder Cut now it's hashtag the Snyderverse in which I do want that to happen because why is because right now we where DC is going in terms of their films it feels a little bit I mean I like where they're going with Black Adam the Flash you know I like where they're going with you know, Shazam 2 and then the Green Lantern show and then some of the other shows I do like where they're going uh I do believe they should continue you know just like mold the Snyder cut and the Snyder verse together with those films because this is where it all started from this is where it all should be based from you know you know because like for example let's say we get black adam flash and then of course the hbo max green lanterns or shazam 2 and then they're they're the same actors the same characters that we that we know but maybe they're like they're different compared to the snyder cut like that we saw in the snyder cut or the universe is different compared to the snyder cut and the snyder cut in my opinion is the definitive version of this universe anything Zack snyder did for DC is a definitive version of this universe that that started with Man of Steel, and so I feel like while I'm excited for for the for those future films for DC, I'm also afraid on the storytelling of connecting it to the universe that they built upon in 2013. I don't know if it'll mold well, and I feel like the reason why Restore the Snyderverse needs to happen is because in order to have consistency. I don't know we'll have consistency between all the future films if it does not happen. Yeah, I don't think we will either. And that that's why, I mean, there are elements of of what we know is is on the horizon that I'm excited for. But then overall, I'm just, I don't really have the, ex- you know, you, you rewind back to 2016 where, you know, you had um, Wonder Woman on the horizon suicide squad on the horizon you know Mm -hmm. justice league one before you know we knew what was going to happen and then ultimately like aquaman shazam and there was an excitement because you knew that this was still the continuation of this universe and believe me i don't need a cinematic universe but i do like consistency uh i feel like because of the mess of everything that's happened primarily because of the studio interference and meddling in all of their decisions that have that really undermined and sacrificed a, a, a director's vision uh, it's unfortunate because for a movie like The Flash uh, which has been in development I mean for how many years now I mean this has gone through X amount of directors, X amount of rewrites. It's going to happen. It's not going to happen. It's going to happen. Now it's not. It's almost kind of weird that they're actually filming it now because it feels like yep. just like it's just like there's a weird disconnect. And you have Ezra Miller in it and stuff, but like it just it still feels weirdly 
disconnected from everything else. And Mm -hmm. you know they're going to be exploring the multiverse in it, which I think is very exciting. But it seems just like their multiverse exploration on film is is ways and means of them basically not erasing the like uh the Snyderverse but basically as a way to say look we're acknowledging what came before it but now we're going to restart it and i feel like that that's Warner Brothers continuous mistake where it's just like no they have a knee jerk reaction to everything and they don't stick with anything and it's like you know mm-hmm. if you had just stuck with Batman versus Superman and fans had yeah. eventually seen Justice League they would have understood it. The nightmare scenes would have made sense. Everything would have made sense. But, like, because people are so caught up now in the immediacy where they need to have their hands held and everything spoon-fed, you know, audience's mentality just isn't there. And it's unfortunate because I think that in another multiverse, if you will, there's this (laughs) flourishing Snyderverse that would have been really cool that I think even people that didn't really like what he was doing, that by the time they saw Zack Snyder's Justice League, they were like, oh no, this would have been great. And um, it's unfortunate. Uh, In regards to the upcoming movies, I can't really say that I'm excited about really any of them. Again, there are elements Mm. that I'm excited for, but I, you know nothing's going to top a Henry Cavill Superman project. And um, so until we get something of that size, I don't know if I'd find myself very excited as I was back in 2016. Though, again, there are elements uh, to which I am looking forward to. And that's something that if you go back a few episodes ago, uh, you'll probably find exactly what I'm referring to. But, um, Justin, aside from that, uh, let's talk about Superman. Uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League is a big moment for Superman. And while he's not in the film all that much, the legacy of Superman from Man of Steel weighs heavily over the film, to which when he's ultimately resurrected on screen to the ending of the film, he's very, very important. And uh, let's go into that. Now, you've seen the movie more yep. times than me. Uh, we mm. all know that I love Superman, and I'll definitely speak about it. But I, I'd love to hear from you. Like, What were your thoughts on Superman and Henry Cavill? Uh, and let's say even Amy Adams as Lois Lane and mm-hmm. Diane Lane as Martha Kent. The Superman world in Zack Snyder's Justice League. Right. Um, well... Obviously, well, since we're talking, we're talking spoilers, right? Like it's it's been out for weeks now. Like, I we think spoilers, I think right? you know what the, the movie has technically been out in a fashion since 2017, though to a yeah, very we're, heavily we're only degree. late on this. Yeah, we're only late on this episode just due to like uh, me doing another like a side job like uh, for the past few weeks, and then also just work between both of us. We've just been very busy. We've been too very busy, and then but at least we're getting this episode out for everybody though. But but yes, it has been out for weeks. I think spoilers should be lifted for us. Take it away. Got you. Um, but um, so just I just want to start off. So since uh, Superman, uh, Henry Cavill, Clark Kent does not come into the film until around the two and a half you know hour mark. Uh, 
and we're obviously i want to skip the scene um actually no i'm not gonna skip this this scene so i guess in terms of, of anything anybody su- superman related scenes i guess let's start with the lois lane um so we see her you know you know griefing still you know throughout the film and what and for me one of the biggest moments even though it's not martha kent turns out to be as we know martian manhunter in the film uh it's a very impactful moment in the film with lois lane because i thought that was like like it was a weird moment because it's martian manhunter is like why is he portraying martha kent but you realize what he's trying to do with lois lane trying to get her you know to get her spirits up to like you know it's not you know just because he's gone we still need her like you know she still has a purpose and she does has a purpose in this film that's to when clark gets resurrected in order to bring him back and to kind of compare that resurrection scene to the Justice League one, this one was much more. This was handled way better, not only in the build up to it, but also in the reason for it making sense, and the fact that uh, the scene, the fight, the actual fight scene between uh, Superman and the Justice League, it's so so cool. How much more like just little added scenes in detail are in this the Zack Snyder cut and like there's even moments where there's like uh Gal, Gal Gadot or Wonder Woman she's she's like Kal-El no like I've even watched scenes of that on YouTube where it's like comparing the Kal-El no you could tell the different tones of her voice in there like how like much more meaningful that line is in the Snyder cut and then also just showing the the brute strength of of Superman himself like like the Justice League scene was fine. That was actually one of the better scenes, of course, because it was more original Zack Snyder stuff, but just cut. Um, but it it does show Superman at full strength. You know, it shows how he's just as fast, or you know, you know, he's fast as the Flash. I mean, a bit, a little bit slower because the Flash, of course, is still going to be a bit faster. But you know, he's just as fast. You can compare it to the speed of the Flash. You compare it to the, to the strength of Aquaman, Wonder Woman, of course, definitely Cyborg. I mean. He, he could whoop cyborgs behind no matter what any day of the week but just all of them coming together trying to just stop him you know just the the brute strength in the scene is flawless of superman and just the just the entire film his brute strength is flawless and the my favorite moment is that homage and that callback to to man of steel when he uh after after he uh regains his memory after Lois takes him back to the farm after he sees his mother again through Martha sees him again when he goes back to to the ship and he goes through like the I'm just gonna call it the Hall of the Superman costumes because that's pretty much what it is the Hall of Superman costumes yeah where he's on the scout ship at uh in like Star Labs yes yes uh the the so one thing I remember the fans complaining about or wondering about is like so the black suit the whole thing about the black suit is that it's the uh the kind of the restoration suit you know the, the revitalization suit you know he has you know uh is it originally the purpose of it you know especially in the in the animated films or just in the comics was that it's the suit that he he wears when he's you know he's being revived or being like healed by the uh the kryptonian you know bots i believe again i'm i'm not too 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 from too like you know memorizing of everything for superman uh steven is but that's just what i remember 
especially from like after just recently watching the animated films. But um, the the black suit in this film is more symbolic than ever, in my opinion, and it's one of my favorite aspects of the film that he like the 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 classic suit we all, we all know and love is right behind him. You know, he could take it whenever he wants, but no, he looks at the black suit because it's something different that he sees in his eyes and is like is that he need it's almost like he needs to wear like you know it's like it's is like like just like how Zyder thinks of these characters as gods you know and i remember in man of steel when watching it and watching other people's reactions when the scene comes to when you know clark is like floating in space and jorel is in the sh- the jorel ai is in the sh- in the ship he's he has his arms out kind of like jesus on the cross in a way and so for me, the black suit is kind of like, you know, the uh, kind of like, you know, Jesus coming back from the dead. Oh, was it the, the, third, the third day? Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like that. It's kind of like that for me. And it's like the suit is kind of like his rebirth. Literally the rebirth, like DC rebirth. Right. Mm-hmm. That's for me. That's what it is. That's what it symbolizes. And it's like he's going to go back to the red and blue at some point, which I think that's the Zack Snyder's vision is, especially with the nightmare scenes, he goes back to the red and blue. The, the, the idea was that he would eventually be back in the red and blue classic suit by the end of justice league, uh, part three, that he would earn it right, by right. that, by that point. Right. Again. right. And the black suit, for me is like the idea of it. I think the idea of it, this is like just my theory of it. It's just like, you know, it's like, that not only is it like the rebirth, but it's also that he's he's different now. He's trying to regain everything he kind of lost when he died. So he's kind of just he has to earn it back in a way too. It's almost like he he has to earn it back, which will be which would have been in part three of Justice League. It's also and just a fantastic uh, homage to the death and return of Superman. The comic yes. books. It's such a key iconic suit in the in the legacy of superman and i remember when when Zack snyder was originally filming justice league uh shortly after uh, dawn of justice came out i remember there were teases and everybody wanted to see the black suit and a lot of people end up forgetting that the black suit that henry cavill wore the black suit in man of steel in in the dream sequence that he's in uh and that the black suit was in man of steel yeah with zod yeah with zod and then in Zack snyder's justice league i know that that was something that everybody really collectively wanted and to see Mm -hmm. the black suit in action it's something that's very very cool um, it's interesting though, because I know in interviews, Zack Snyder said that when they filmed the movie, uh, Z- Henry Cavill was actually in the red and blue suit and then, uh, they actually color corrected it, uh, to make it, uh, the black suit. So he actually only wore the black suit when they filmed man of steel in, uh, back in like 2012. Uh, so he actually technically wasn't in, a physical black suit for Zack Snyder's Justice League, which I think is a fun, like, little trivia fact. It, it is it is a cool note, too, because I was actually thinking about that, too, when watch because I, after watching the film multiple times, I was like, wait a second. Because I, because I, what I, what I did is I did rewatch this multiple times, but then also I actually did rewatch the garbage Justice League as well to compare it. I had to force myself through that to compare everything. So I wanted to see the differences. Um, again, you know, cause I do remember that heap of trash, but I just wanted to, re- to like refresh my memory and the scene there, 
and there are scenes that are just exactly the same with with uh with Henry Cavill as Superman you know like kind of like for example the scene where he's uh where he punches around Stephen Wolf at the end obviously they changed around the design of Stephen Wolf in this one because to the to the original Zack Snyder vision of it but the suit the, the, the shots are the same they're the exact same shots the exact same um you know animations exact same CGI everything it's just the suit and then of course the the, the design for Stephen Wolf so I was thinking like was this was the suit just colored? I was just thinking that, and Stephen, you said it, and I was I was like, my theory was proven just right now. Just the suit is color correct, but it was done well. It was done very well, and it also you could kind of like it also kind of shows at the end when you see like the shot of everybody of the entire Justice League. Like the suit looks kind of weird in that shot in the in the in the sunlight. I was like, it looks kind of kind of looks like they just added on that color to me because the way it was shining off the uh, off the light. I was like, hmm, that didn't, that wasn't really too, too believing of the black suit. The nighttime scenes did it more justice. I think the flaws are coming out right there for the, for that color correction they were doing. I think it was still, but I, 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 it was still great. Yeah. And I, I know, you know, like you could like, like, uh, because I was, because on the last project I was doing, I was doing color correction for people's like costumes and stuff like that. So I know exactly how, you know, that stuff, you know, goes through and works. I'm not an expert at it, but um, I can't, I'm gonna, starting to get like a keen eye for it, uh, a good eye for it. Yeah, I I thought the the look of everything in Zack Snyder's Justice League was great, and I mean it goes without saying. Just having Henry Cavill back as Superman was so incredibly re- rewarding, because again, this is a character that inspired me back in 2013 it's Zack Snyder's Man of Steel which essentially the journey to that movie was what made me into the Superman fan that I am today and when Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice released in March 2016 it really meant so much to me when Superman died in it because again you know Someone might initially laugh saying that, oh, you know, it's just a fictional character. It's just a movie. But, you know, in the in the time between Man of Steel and Batman v Superman, every single day I was spending thinking about the character, reading the comic books, watching the cartoons, digesting any new tidbit or rumor that would come out about Dawn of Justice. And so in that time span, the character became very real to me. And I'll never forget watching the character die on screen. It it truly, tremendously broke me in many ways. So when the Justice League version came out, I remember thinking, like, it, it's a very weird movie to me because, like, I can watch it. And at the time, I could watch it and enjoy while I'm watching it. But then the second it's over, I'm like, well, what the heck did I just watch? And then I end up hating it. Mm-hmm. And I, because then you start to think about all the plot holes, you start to think about all the story elements that were dropped off from uh, the previous film. You get angry about the score, at how Danny Elfman scrapped everything that Hans Zimmer and Tom Holkenborg had started uh, prior. And it doesn't feel like a continuation, it feels like its own thing. And it's weird because Justice League, the Justice League version, actually makes Batman v Superman seem like a bad film because it then it doesn't answer anything that 
starts in Batman v Superman, but then by not answering anything in Batman v Superman, it does other things that then just make itself a bad movie. And it's so rare to have a movie that makes one movie look bad, but then it makes itself look bad in, in turn. So when Zack Snyder's, uh, when the Snyder Cut, as we initially knew it, was first being spoken about, and again, this like mythical version of the film, I was hoping that there would be a day that we would see it because uh, I would sometimes kid around with people and I don't mean to be insensitive in any sorts, but it, it's very much like a religious thing where, you know, you have some people that believe that uh, Jesus uh, died and, and was resurrected and and is the savior. And then you have other people that don't believe that Jesus uh, ever came back or that a savior uh, ever came back, that there was a second coming, you know, or anything like that. And, um, or, or in any kind of version or fashion of that, if you want to like, look at things in a very religious sense of, of the, of the themes and the iconography at play. So I didn't recognize Justice League, the 2017 version as, as gospel, it wasn't a valid movie to me and it was something that until another movie came forward superman was just dead and it was like he died in batman v superman dawn of justice and he never came back and that was it and if they did a man of steel 2 i would accept it i'd have to but until then i just wouldn't accept that as the gospel continuation from what began in man of steel so when Zack Snyder's Justice League finally came out, it was this massive moment for me as a Superman fan where it was like, it's, you know, like the, like the second coming almost. Like, he, he, he's finally back. And I can accept this movie as an authentic chapter in this a vision and in the story that Zack Snyder was telling. And it was really very inspiring and rewarding and to know that a lot of the mechanisms in which you made this movie possible was all in service to the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention was even more inspiring and you think about movies and I can't think of a bigger movie that's done more for suicide awareness for uh, destigmatizing the conversation behind mental health and and suicide and it's so impactful and powerful, all the things this movie's accomplished. And whether you like it or not, you have to acknowledge the fact that this movie was a major moment in our progress towards having a greater discussion about mental health. And in just, you know, the movement with raising money for American Foundation for Suicide Prevention from back before HBO Max even announced Zack Snyder's Justice League was major. It still is. And um, it's something that's very meaningful to me. It's something that's very important to me personally. And to have a Superman movie be a part of that uh, is very, very rewarding. And and again, to kind of like continue with what you had said, uh, it does feel like it came out at the right time. So, Justin, uh, mm-hmm. I know we both loved Superman so much and that we would love nothing more than to uh, see another Henry Cavill outing with, you know, Amy Adams and Diane Lane and, and Lawrence Fishburne. What was your favorite mo- moment in the movie? What's the moment that you find yourself going back to and just rewatching over and over again? It, 
um, I, th- I think I, I said it before, but when he gets the black suit and it's the homage to Man of Steel, and it's the, like the same type of shot when he first walks out of the ship. You know, remember how in Man of Steel where he first walks out of the ship, and you know in the cold winter, um, the snow and the ice, and he puts his fists on the uh, well. In this version, he he goes on top of the rock and he puts his fists on the ground, and the rocks start moving around him. But in um in the Man of Steel version, you know, he looks up into the sky and learns to fly for the first time. You know. It's, it's like that, like that homage to that first scene, and like Jor El is talking, is like is a, it's a voiceover in the background. You know, you hear Russell Crowe, yeah, and and Kevin yeah, Costner, yeah, yeah, yes, and 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 this, um, he he does is so many homages in that one scene to Man of Steel, you know, to to the when you first her for first flight, and then also that scene where he's in space and he has his arms, he has his arms out, so he when he launches up and it plays the theme, it plays the first flight theme from Hans Zimmer and in space, you see him in space with his arms out, the pan around shot of him with it playing in the sun, just hitting him. Like he's like absorbing the sun, you know, with his arms out. It's like, he's reborn. That's my favorite scene in the whole film for Superman alone for Superman alone. I have other favorite scenes for different characters, you know, from flash with, um, speed beyond light, but for Superman alone, that's my favorite scene. Not anything, you know, has to do with action. Not anything that has to do with, you know, um, dialogue from him. He says nothing in the scene. But it, the scene says everything just from visual storytelling. If there were other uh, favorite scenes in terms of, like, let's say, you know, Superman kicking some butt, you know, um, then I would say definitely when he first comes to fight Stephen Wolf, he's like, I'm not impressed. You no, know, not impressed. And that's actually the first time we actually see freeze, uh, the freeze, freeze breath, breath yeah. from him or cold breath. That's the first time we ever seen it in the DCEU from him too. Um, we never saw that before, and and so now, yeah, and, and it was then. really exciting because the thing is, we had recently seen the freeze breath on Superman and Lois, and you and I were both having a yeah. conversation about it. That aside from Superman the animated series, it's a very underutilized uh, Superman power that you don't really yep. see represented on screen all that much. Yeah, like people barely like like people barely like uh, they use it. They barely they like they, they almost forget about like he forgets that like, they forget that like, he can do that. You know, I mean, like have you never played Superman sixty four and you try to use the freeze breath on that very difficult mission? I bet not because no one wants to play that game. But um, <laughs> but um, but yeah, no, that uh, the, all the action scenes with him perfect. And if there's anything else too, I would have to say also the nightmare scenes too because you know me, Steven, You know I love my villains. You know I love it when. People go evil. Oh, but, oh, um, I know. Yeah, so like the nightmare scenes, just seeing him be evil, and also seeing him be, you know, like taken by Dark Side, you know, taken under the influence by Dark Side. Those are also very good too, because you know, just seeing your last hope, you know, turn against you, and now he's your most feared enemy on Earth. And fun fact too about the nightmare sequences, I didn't realize that until I read about it that the shot where superman is down on his knees and dark side's approaching him and he has a lois you know kind of scorched in his hand in his arms that's the same shot from man of steel yes when yeah that's the same shot from man of steel after he killed zod mm-hmm. and he's down on the ground i didn't realize that and i was i was like wow 
what a great use of uh, resources, and Snyder. Also, the Superman entry at the end of the nightmare scene at the at the conclusion of the film is the shot of Superman from uh, Batman v Superman. When you which shot exactly? I'm trying. I'm trying to remember. Uh, when Superman uh, enters uh, where uh, Nairobi, uh, when he uh, when he shows up in Nairobi, Africa, oh! when the warlord has the oh, gun yes, to Lois yes, Lane's yes. head, he crashes in from the from the ceiling, and then when he stands up and he looks up, uh, it's that same shot. Uh, yeah, I was trying to remember uh, what shot that was from. I just don't didn't remember, but thank you yeah. for letting me know. Because I, I knew it looked familiar. I was just like, what shot is that from? It, it, there, there has to be something said for Zack Snyder being probably the the one of the most talented of visual storytellers. And again, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I'm a Zack Snyder guy. I saw, I, I've seen all of his movies uh, in the theaters uh, from back when uh, Dawn of the Dead came out in 2004. And I have to say that I can't think of another director that's as visual a storyteller as him. Whether you like Snyder or not, you have to acknowledge that from Dawn of the Dead to 300 to uh, Watchmen to Legend of the Guardians to Sucker Punch to Man of Steel, uh, Batman v Superman... And now Zack Snyder's Justice League, and of course Army of the Dead, which comes out later this month in select theaters and Netflix. Yeah. He's a visual storyteller. He has such a specific style between using blue uh, lightning and lights to slow motion to the heavy usage of music uh, within sequences. Really wonderfully talented director. Yeah, just overall a great visual storytelling. You know, I feel like Zack Snyder could uh, direct an entire film without dialogue and just make it epic, no matter what, and just tell an entire story just from visuals. I feel like he could definitely do that easy, no problemo, you know, any time of the day. I think so, too. So I guess I would share that the thing that I was looking most forward to about Zack Snyder's Justice League was the fact that I just wanted to see Superman I wanted to hear Tom Holkenborg uh, reuse the the music from uh, Man of Steel. So I love that in the in uh, the the first the second flight sequence in Zack mm-hmm. Snyder's Justice League, which is the play on the first flight sequence. I like how you have Tom Holkenborg uh, redo uh, Hans Zimmer's first flight track from Man of Steel, uh, which is a bit different, a little more uh, guitar. Uh, right. on it and then I like that there are the the piano notes that you hear uh, but one of the things that I really liked was during the nightmare sequence at the end Tom Holkenborg actually does a nightmare version of Superman's theme that plays while the mm-hmm. Joker and Batman are speaking to one another and if you listen yep. to the isolated track mm-hmm. you, you'll hear it really well and then if you go back and rewatch the scene you'll hear Superman's theme play during that sequence except it's uh heavily contorted into more of a nightmare sound and yep. I love it so much um it was such a tremendous movie. Uh, my mom, dad, and I, we we watched Man of Steel, and then we watched Batman v Superman, and then on the third day, we watched uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League uh, in one sitting, uh, and for a four-hour movie, uh, we we got through it uh, remarkably fast, and uh, 
and I know for anybody that's like, oh my gosh, it's so long. How can I possibly sit through it? Look, <laughs> if there was a presentation of this fully in theaters where you can just completely go out and buy a ticket for, I easily would do it. I'd have to. I I would be there too. Um, but on that note, Justin, do you have anything else that you want to say about Zack Snyder's Justice League? Um, overall, again, fantastic, fantastic film. I mean, anything Superman related to it, because we are the Saturday morning Superman show, it's, it captures everything. And I think after, I feel like also, but right before seeing this film, when I was going through all the animated films, uh, I feel like not only you, but also me just exploring everything you told me to watch and just told me to just read about and also just, you know, to do research on for Superman, not only for the show, but also, you know, just for me to just, you know, get my, I guess, my DC on, you know, like I was always a Batman fan. Batman still is my favorite DC character, technically Red Hood, but still my favorite of the, of all of them, just Batman, but I think definitely now my second favorite is definitely Superman, especially after watching the animated series of, um, you know, the, anim- the official animated series that we've been watching from the animated films. And then we watching, like, like I said before, rewatching John of Justice Ultimate Edition, not the regular Ultimate Edition. It has to be Ultimate nine times. <laughs> watching it nine different times over and over. And now, cause I, cause uh, the story is that when I was working at the mall one time, I had this customer approach me about, we were talking about Snyder Cut, how we were so excited about it. And he was telling me how he, th- he's, like, he says people are wrong about Dawn of Justice. And as I was listening to him about how saying, like, oh, and it captures this about, you know, like how this about Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman, this about, uh, Superman, Batman. I was like, wow. I didn't think about that. Let me go rewatch it nine times and i couldn't stop watching it and people think i'm nuts now for liking it i'm like you know what you suck (laughs) you know what (laughs) i i I feel like there's a lot more people especially like on the in the social uh media community uh across instagram and twitter uh that are fans of the film and i feel like in the the movie just celebrated its five-year anniversary back in march and i feel like in the five Mm -hmm. years since it came out a lot of people have started to realize that they were very wrong about how they viewed the film uh, when it came out. And I feel like the film has only become more relevant and timely with all the uh, events that the world has gone through since. And I think it speaks to the fact that Zack Snyder is very ahead of his time. And with a lot of his movies, I feel like it. it's like Watchmen. I, I remember Christopher Nolan... Yeah. I don't remember the exact quote, but he said something about Watchmen where it was just like, he said to Zack Snyder, this movie came out at the wrong, like, you made this movie at the wrong time. Like, it it was just, it came out at the wrong time. And I I believe that about uh, uh, Dawn of Justice and and ultimately, not so much Zack Snyder's Justice League because, like, it now exists. But, like, with Dawn of Justice, it just, I don't think it's so much the wrong time and the meddling but it's just like at that particular moment i just don't think audiences had the mind to understand exactly what he was trying to say and 
I saw right. Batman v Superman uh, 16 times in the movies. I had the ultimate edition. I had not the ultimate edition. I had the ultimate fan card. Uh, so uh, if you like, it was like this limited thing that if you got this uh, card, it allowed you to see the movie one time uh, every single day for its whole theatrical engagement for free. So basically no after I had seen it like in IMAX and in uh, 3d and in 4d, like the first few times or every other time it paid for itself. So I truly was just seeing it for free. Now, mind you, the ultimate edition is the only version that I watch from here on out. The 30 minutes mm-hmm. add so much uh, contextualization to and characterization uh, which is, you know, a podcast for another time, but it, I loved it. I loved Batman V Superman, uh, from back when I saw it. And it was a movie that I very much believed in. And I mean, even, you know, yourself, like I would talk about this movie a lot and, mm-hmm. you know, you go back and scroll on my Instagram to 2015 and this is something that I would speak about every day. And so I'm glad that people are coming around to it. And I think that people that Maybe. don't like it, it's just like it's you know what it's just not the movie for you then and i don't mm-hmm. think there's anything wrong with that being said i don't think there's anything wrong with saying you know what i just liked civil war more or whatever but it's just like it's just not the movie for you because if you're still on the hill that the movie just completely sucks and gets everything wrong that's fine you are absolutely valid to think that i don't agree with it but it's just it's not for you then and i think that that has to be the thing understood about so much of the things that we enjoy that if you don't like something you're not wrong but what makes you wrong is when you start telling other people that they're wrong for liking it because it's art it's all subjective like i like this Mm -hmm. you might not and you might like something and i might not and it's just whether you either like it or you don't and Yep. If I like something, it doesn't mean that I'm right. It just means that I like what they're doing. And I think that that's something that a lot of people end up forgetting. And I think especially in this post-MCU uh, universe that we all live in as film fans and theater goers, it's something that people kind of forget about. But I think it's important to remind people of that. But on that note, yeah. I love Zack Snyder's Justice League so much. I'm glad it yeah. exists. I'm glad that you love it. I'm glad that you've actually seen it more times than I do. And on that note, yeah. I think I got to put on Justice is Grey right now. We talk about I've been watching the entire time we've been recording. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> so, Justin, on that note, uh, where can we find you on social media? You can find me at the the real king in black on instagram and actually have some shout outs too to give out to now i have some i have met some great people before this episode i need to shout out um to the un un um unspoken uh production unspoken word production uh that that was actually editing for for this uh huge play that i was doing for for this a student project thank you to everybody thank you to uh to to una abel amanda veronica for allowing me to work on this on the project Thank you for the support and everything. And then also uh, a regular that I have at my store who I've become very, very close with. She is an amazing person and absolutely love her no matter what. And thank you, Sandy. Um, she is I am Pants on Instagram. And then she is actually doing a YouTube channel for geeks and nerds for Pokemon cards. And then also now uh, comics too as well. So 
thank you sandy for all the support love you very much and then yeah and also again thank you steven for all the years all the friendship and everything and then just just for everything opportunities all the talks all the chats all the podcast episodes and this i'm telling you now steven this will be our best episode you know why it just will well i can't wait for everybody to hear it i i I can't wait either i had such a fun time recording it with you i like that we're beginning season three with this i like that this is you know the the, i like that we're back to recording and i whenever we start recording it gets me back into the the spirit of superman something that i'm very excited for um Mm -hmm. i am so grateful uh that i have you as the co-host uh, that I have you as the wonderful editor to this show. And even more importantly, I'm just glad that I know you. I'm glad that we exist at the same time. And I'm glad that you're my friend, Justin, because uh, you really do mean a lot to me. And uh, the opportunities that you feel that I've presented to you are more so the opportunities that you've given me in just giving me the opportunity to have the podcast that I dreamt about. You made... Uh, my dreams come true in regards to everything that the Saturday Morning Superman show is. We are at over a thousand followers on Instagram on at Saturday Morning Superman show. We have over a thousand downloads on Podbean, which is my favorite streaming app of them all. And I really, really appreciate it. Uh, I guess on my note, uh, I will just say thank you to everyone that has listened, commented, supported, it means so much uh, just to have all of you that have just been enjoying everything that we've been doing. Uh, I'd like to give a special thank you to uh, my friend Ian Bates. Uh, he listens to our show uh, while he's uh, while he's out going about his day, and and he will send me a voice messages and texts about just hey, I'm listening to this and I'm enjoying it, and I want to give a special thank you to Cat who uh, just really started on our on our show and just you know loves it top to bottom she did a wonderful instagram shout out a while ago to both of us and it means a lot uh of course arlo arlo is is a good friend of mine and uh he's very sweet very supportive and he's a big uh fan of the show and and i think that it's just really humbling to know that there's somebody out there that basically says, look, after a long uh, day, after a hard day, uh, mm-hmm. the thing that I look forward to most is just listening to you guys talk about Superman. And uh, especially, uh, I got to give a thank you to my, my good friend and mentor, uh, somebody that I've known probably longer than anyone, uh, and that's John Heidel. Uh, so John Heidel's been listening since episode one. Uh, just a great guy. He... Um, he quietly joined Instagram. It's not for everybody to know. And the reason he did it was because he wanted to support uh, me and and everything that we're doing. And so that, that means a lot. So, of course, we have to thank him. And lastly, uh, we have to thank Ming. Ming is somebody yeah, that uh, Ming. We, we both uh, know. And, uh, and their support of the show is something that really, I think, gives us the enjoyment to keep on doing this. Uh, even more than we have fun doing it already. And so from everybody uh, that you had to thank and I had to thank and we collectively have to thank, um, it just means a lot to know that you enjoy listening to us talk about something that we enjoy 
talking about. So stay tuned for more of the Saturday Morning Superman show. Uh, we're going to begin recording uh, uh, a continuation of the bonus episodes that revolve around CW, Superman, and Lois when the show uh, premieres on May 18th. And I think we have about five or seven episodes. So our current plan is we're going to be offering one episode a week, which will just be focused on the CW, Superman, and Lois. And then when that ends, we'll be going on a brief hiatus, and then we'll be returning with all new episodes for Season 3 of the Saturday Morning Superman Show in September. And what makes September 2021 very exciting for any Superman fans is it marks, I believe, the 25th anniversary of Superman the Animated Series. Yeah. So we're very excited to continue our, our talks about Superman the Animated Series and the 80s show uh, by Ruby Spears. And again, thank you so much for listening. Uh, Justin, uh, we can find you on social media, as you said. Yes. So definitely follow Justin if you're listening to the show. Uh, you can find all of his uh, relevant information in the show notes. Uh, you can find me at Sherbert Danny Jr. on Instagram or Reggie Mantle III on Twitter. Again, be sure to follow us and subscribe uh, wherever you're listening to to this podcast, be it podcast, uh, Podbean, uh, Castbox, Stitcher, or Spotify. And also, uh, if you're on social media, uh, which I would imagine that you would be. Uh, give us a follow if you can on Instagram at Saturday Morning Superman Show. Uh, there's another account called The Saturday Morning Superman Show. That's also us, but that's a backup account for our Prime one, and the Prime one is Saturday Morning. And you can also find us on Twitter as well. Again, all of this can be found in the show notes. And now, what better thing to do than to be peaceful? Watch Zack Snyder's Justice League on HBO Max. Watch Zack Snyder's Justice's Grey Edition on HBO Max and tweet and post Restore the Snyderverse because we need more Henry Cavill. The Saturday Morning Superman Show is brought to you in part by Royal Collectibles. Your friendly neighborhood comic book shop located in Forest Hills, Queens, New York. Offering some of the best in pop culture needs and collectibles. All right, I think that's it. Oh, we ended? I think so, yeah. Oh, yes. I'm still recording too, but I think I could hit stop now. We could maybe let this run as a blooper.